Hi, and welcome back to the newest episode of Game Time Podcast. With your host, I'm Alex Rubinson. And I'm Shai Dweck. Week 1 is in the books, and we are now on to Week 2, opening the Bengals-Browns tonight on Thursday Night Football. We're going to go through each and every matchup, previewing our keys to the game, and including making our game picks. So, Shy, let's get right into it, because it's game, game time. So let's start with tonight's game, the Cincinnati Bengals facing the Cleveland Browns, the Battle of Ohio, two former Heisman winners, two former number one overall picks in this game. Joe Burrow obviously having a up and down first start. He missed some big throws, had had an interception on a shovel pass that was probably a little ill-advised, uh, but then at you know they needed a Late drive, and although Randy Bullock got injured on the kick and missed it, you really saw, I feel like, Burrow's poise come out as he was able to engineer a very successful drive that put the Bengals at least in position to send the game into overtime. This is a very interesting game. It might not have these two, like, powerhouse teams that maybe we wanted, but I definitely think it's very interesting, especially if the Browns lose another one, as they just got demolished by Baltimore last week, 38-6. to Yeah, Alex, that was not a pretty game. A lot of people, I mean, including you and I, went on and started talking as soon as a competitive football game last week. And it really, and it really wasn't. Um, the, the Cleveland offense was, was horrendous, and their defense, I mean... That Baltimore offense is hard to contain, but any time that you allow 38 points, there are some things going wrong. You know, Miles Garrett had himself a little bit of a day, to be expected, but that that, ball, that, I mean, that Browns defense was terrible as well. The I secondary mean, is a... Excuse me. The secondary is a bit banged up, so I think, you know, hopefully, you know, as the season progresses, they'll get some of those bodies back, and... Their secondary will significantly get better. All eyes are on Baker Mayfield, though, because he looked terrible. His footwork was awful. You know, you don't have to go back and study the tape real closely to see that. And then he was missing open guys all over the field. He had Odell down the sideline for a touchdown, and he just completely airmailed it and, you know, overthrew Odell, which is tough to do. And then, you know, again, as I was talking about Joe Burrow, second career start, Ohio native, you know, his first, again, like, Ohio battle. This should be a very interesting game. I'm still going with the Cleveland Browns, despite their horrible performance last Sunday, mainly because I just think they're too talented to lose this game. And we saw, you know, Burrow at times look great and at times look like a rookie. So I just feel like that inconsistency from the Bengals' quarterback uh, could prove costly a few times tonight. And I just think, again, that overall talent of the Cleveland Browns, they're too good to lose this game. Listen, Alex. You know, we just I'm a basketball fan as well. I'm going to bring in something. I don't do this a lot, but I try not to. But Denver Nuggets just took the Los Angeles Clippers, probably most the most talented team in the NBA, seven games, which is a pre- impressive feat of its own, and then came out while the Clippers were up by 12 right around going into 
very near the end of the second quarter, very close to halftime. There's a couple minutes left in the second. And then the Denver Nuggets, they come out and they play working ball and they, they up, make this huge upset. I, Chai, I, I understand what you're saying, but the Denver Nuggets are a very good basketball team. They were, I believe, the three seed in the Western Conference, which is still, even though the Warriors weren't really there last or this past year, still a very good conference. And again, the three seed in your own conference is very good. The Bengals are closer to having a top three to five pick than have than winning the division or finishing even probably second in that division. In, in AFC North football. And the regular season, given that anything can happen, talent is something you must take with a grain of salt. It's there, but if the things aren't lined up, the chemistry isn't there, the quarterback play, as you said, even... The, but the, Joe, Burrow had a rock, Joe Burrow had a rocky start. It's not like he came out and lit the world on fire and threw for three touchdowns and completely you know, made the Chargers defense look out of sorts. You know, sure was better than Baker Mayfield. He did. He probably did. At the same time, I like the Chargers' defense. I think the Ravens have a better defense. And also, I think because the Ravens got out to such a big lead early, he, you know, Mayfield then was trying to force some things. I think, I still don't really know who Zach Taylor is as a head coach or Kevin Stefanski. Again, Nick, Nick Chubb didn't do anything last week. I expect him to be better. And they're just too... And look, talent doesn't always win out. It's not always... It's not a be-all, end-all. But I think there's just too much talent, you know, difference in talent among these two teams. And too much, I'd say, inexperience, especially at the quarterback position from the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cle- and Cleveland Browns know they need to win this game. I also think Kevin Stefanski, yes, obviously an ugly debut as a head coach for him. But I still have faith in Kevin Stefanski that he'll get the Browns ready to play tonight. Let me let me say something. The the skill gap can be through the roof, but right now the Browns are not even you know they're if the skill cap is all the way up here, I, you can't see me. I'm putting my arm all the way above my head, and they're right now they're right at my knee. That's where they are. So they're not scratching any of that potential, not even near it. And when you look at something, like the Chargers' defense is significantly better than the Browns. We can agree on that. Joe Burrow is going to get into a, into the zone. He's going to get comfortable. We saw that saw flashes of that against a very good Chargers defense. And against a very suspect Browns secondary, I expect Joe Burrow to get comfortable in that running game a little bit with Joe Mixon. And, you know, I might be obvious now. I'm picking Bengals to win this game. You know, I I, I don't think this – the AFC North is going to be competitive, I think, through and through. Even if the Bengals aren't there talent-wise, they're there. They compete. They always compete. And against a Browns team that may be overlooking this matchup and is feeling, you know, a little bit down, wants to bounce back, and it's like, oh, we have an easy win here against a, a – Bengals team that you know just had the first pick. I'm I'm picking Joe Burrow and the Bengals. So we do have we have a difference there. Look, I think it's going to be a good game, and 
a lot of times, yeah, I might not always go with just pure raw talent, but as you were saying, with the Browns' talent potential so high, and I know they might not hit on everyone or everyone won't play their best in one game, but I just feel like that talent, I feel like it always comes out one or two games of the year for the Browns, and I just think against, yeah, the Bengals don't have a great defense either. Their defense is also very suspect, as is their overall coaching, I think. At least right now, I feel like there's still a lot of question marks. I I just think I'm going to rely on talent when evaluating these two teams, and also a little bit more on experience. I will see a Burrow, but he really hasn't had the start that makes me a true believer that says yes he's going to be able to get the job done game in and game out. I haven't seen that yet from Burrow. And he might do that tonight. But one game, I think there's still a lot of question marks about him. N- not saying he won't be a successful quarterback, but in his rookie year, I think he said there is still a, or he shown that there was still a lot of adjusting to do. Look, I've said this multiple times on the podcast, and I'll say it again. I'll believe it when I see it from this Cleveland Browns team, from this new head coach, and from Baker Mayfield. Let's move on now, Alex. I feel like Mayfield has shown more than Burrow. I disagree. Mayfield... Overall in his career, yes. That's what I mean. Yeah, I I feel like now you're saying I believe when I see with the Browns, but then saying saying you're fine with Burrow. I don't know. That, that, That raises questions in its own right. Even with the offensive line last season, can't look at Baker Mayfield and say he hasn't regressed. He has. But with Burrow, in my opinion, again, the range of outcomes is so large with, I feel like, both these quarterbacks that I'm going to, I guess, go to the one that's been in the league a little longer. Alright, we'll see. We'll see come tonight. Alright, so now we have the New York Giants against the Mitchell Trubisky Chicago Bears. Trubisky having... A pretty poor game for 75% of the game against Detroit. Three quarters, Bears show no signs of life. I believe Detroit had like a 23-6 to lead. And, you know, people were starting, maybe there were some rumblings about, you know, Nick Foles already taking over after less than one game into the year. And then Mitchell Trubisky leads the Bears to a comeback win during, I believe, three touchdowns all in that fourth quarter. And I know the Lions don't have a great defense but you look at some, you look at those touchdown throws he was very accurate accurate to all levels showed some mobility and he looked very impressive the giants faced in my opinion the best defense in the NFL the Pittsburgh Steelers and that pick at the goal line by Daniel Jones is inexcusable i was at a loss for words when it happened and that cannot happen ever with anyone and i think daniel jones knows that other than those turnovers, which are going to overshadow everything else, and understandably so, I thought Jones played solid. Um, you have to factor in he was pressured, according to PFF, I believe more than any other quarterback, and it was by a... Eight quarterback hits. You look at the hits, you look at the pressures, whichever stat you look at, it was either up there, or in some cases, significantly more than the next quarterback. And then you're working without a run game. That, I mean... The Steelers shut down Saquon, shut down that entire run game. You know, you, you can't really work off of play action then. 
what Daniel Jones what Daniel Jones did with the limited of resources he had, Golden Tate also didn't play because of a hamstring injury. I thought Jones he wasn't great and those turnovers did happen and he has to know better, you know, get the ball out sooner. But I thought he did look decent when you look at the big picture, especially quarterback second year, but still it's a new offense. You know, it's it's not that same offense and you have to look at he you know, he was really handicapped by the lack of uh help he was getting in that game. I like the Giants. The New York Giants are gonna go to Chicago and they're gonna get their first win of the season. For a lot of that Steelers game, they were competitive. And I think against the Bears team that they've shown they can be very good or they've shown that they can really struggle, especially offensively. I think Joe Judge is going to have the New York Giants ready to compete. I think the Giants are going to be prepared. They have to, you know, especially defense, they have to clean up some of those rub routes where they collided. But I have faith in that coaching staff that they're going to get those things cleaned up in time to face the Bears. And I think they're going to pull out their first win of the season. Yeah, I want to echo what you said before. I think Mitchell Trubisky played in that fourth quarter, played very well. And that's that's what we've seen Trubisky do at his best. And we were talking about it, you know, last week. I don't know if you remember, Alex, about that uh, converter for uh, Stafford and uh, Trubisky, you know, because uh, Trubisky's A game maybe you know, Stafford's B game or C game. But I think Trubisky... I think he showed there's a reason why um, he, he was, I believe, a third overall pick. Second. Second overall pick, excuse me, um, in that draft class. And because he, he truly has the talent, you know, he just needs to be more consistent about it. And that was exciting for me to see because I'm, I'm rooting for him. And um, I think the Bears fans getting a little bit of hope. We'll see if he can sustain it against a giant secondary that I thought performed – they performed pretty well against the Steelers. Um, they came out well, but then it kind of just phased out. And uh, yeah. the rub the rub routes is what really their Achilles heel in that game. I think they did a, a, a solid job. I think, as you got to take into account earlier in the game, Ben Roethlisberger was not himself. That, that, that was I thought the pass rush, though, got to him a few times early yeah, on definitely. and looked, just looked much better than last year or even in the years past. Again, that was earlier in the game. Schematic, schematically, got to give them credit there. Uh, they, they brought a lot of different uh, types of blitzes, uh, which confused Ben, that offensive line, which is hard to do. But got to give them some credit there. I like the Giants to win this game as well. I think offensively... I think they showed a little glimpse of what they could be that passing game. Then you maybe turn on Saquon. Again, against a Bears defense, that is tough. They're not going to roll over. This is a good No, defense. Khalil Mack, I don't think Robert Quinn played last week, but I expect him to play this week. We'll see if he does, but they have a great pass rushing duo. Engram has to play better. Evan Engram, I was really excited about. He had a really good camp, and he was terrible. He was terrible that, uh, on Monday night against the Steelers. So if the Giants are going to win this game, he has to play better. But it's tough to get much worse than what Engram showed on Monday night. So I do think, especially as the season goes along, I think he will be better than what he showed. 
if Trubisky is the Trubisky we saw in the fourth quarter, this Bears team, I think, is going to the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, if Trubisky can be that guy, even for, you know, 70, 75% of the time, which might be a lot, but if he can be that guy for that much of the time, this Bears team is a playoff team. Yeah, we just, agree with you. We just don't know, are we getting that Trubisky or the Trubisky we saw in the first three quarters? Should Trubisky sort of tap into that that potential? Um, I, I I'm gonna pick the Giants. I think it's gonna be a close, competitive game. Um, I think it'll be fairly low scoring, fairly low scoring. But uh, I like the you know I like the Giants. Obviously, you know I'm a Giants fan, so I might be a little bit biased. But I actually think I I'm not. I don't pick the Giants for the sake of picking them, as I did think Pittsburgh. I picked Pittsburgh last or last Monday night, so I'm not gonna pick. For the Giants, just because I'm a Giants fan. And, Shy, you can also kind of attest to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I attest to it. Okay, so now let's go. We'll stay in the NFC East and go to the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Los Angeles Rams. And what a disappointment from the Eagles. Grabbing an early 17-0 lead. They were, you know, they were playing pretty well, and it looked like that, you know, this was the team we kind of thought and... They let Washington get right back in it, and Washington, like a good football team does, never looked back. Yeah, um, that was maybe the most surprising or interesting outcome of all for me in Week 1, seeing the capability of this Washington football team um, on display there at that monstrous pass rush. I mean... Carson Wentz just was a deer in the headlights. I mean, it was it was just it was so much on him. And I think you saw what the Eagles offense could bring when you got when Carson got time to throw. That off I, Sorry, I was just gonna say that offensive line is also just so banged up. They have guys who are out for the year, guys who couldn't play that week. Like the, some of it was Carson's fault, like he has to get the ball out quicker. If it's not there and you see guys coming, throw it away. A throwaway is not as bad as a sack or turnover, obviously. So that was on Carson Wentz. But also, that offensive line is no longer like that dominant line that we think of with the Philadelphia Eagles. So I think a lot of blame also has to be placed there. But yeah, Carson Wentz, they had the game. I know it was still in the first half, but all he really did was, you know, don't mess up. And it was their game to to lose up 17-0 and... They let Washington get back in it, and Ron Rivera, very good head coach, kind of got, obviously, Washington was ready, and they were more than up for the challenge to come back. Let's now, you know, we can kind of talk about the Eagles now as well, but I want to get into this Rams-Eagles matchup. Rams looked really sharp. Aaron Donald looked like, well, Aaron Donald. And uh, Jared Goff looked like the Jared Goff we saw a couple years ago. Yeah, um... I'd like this Rams team to win. I think it's going to be very competitive, and I'm still picking the Eagles to win this division. Like I said, um, even with that 0-2 start um, that I'm predicting. Um, but I do think that this Rams defense showed uh, that it could be very sharp with Aaron Donald. Jalen Ramsey then needs a little acting work at the end of that game. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. But um, I think this Rams defense showed what they can do. The offense was solid. You saw production there from Robert Wood coming out 
creating separation, getting open for uh, as Goff's number one, coming out seeming as number one target there in that game. I like the Rams to win, um, and it, it should be a competitive game to watch. I'm actually going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. The game is in Philly, and I know it won't make a huge difference, but you know the Rams, I feel like, are cu- accustomed to playing in L.A., or at least maybe even inside with their new stadium. So, you know, going to Philly, where maybe, you know, it's still warm, but, you know, it's gotten a little chillier here on the East Coast the last couple of days. I'll be interested to see what the Eagles do with Darius Slay, because we saw Robert Woods look like the number one, but they also still have Cooper Cup there. Well, I know I really like, as do you. So I'll be interested to to see, does Darius Slay travel with any of them? I, if I were the Eagles, I probably wouldn't because, you know, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, I, you know, if you were making rankings, they'd probably be about the same. Maybe Cup's a little higher. Maybe Woods a lot higher. It might be kind of who Goff prefers on any, you know, day, on, you know, that day, that game. So... I don't think they're going to travel Darius Slay or have, you know, travel with a certain receiver. But, you know, I, as great as Aaron Donald is and that overall D-line look great, Washington, I think, does have more talent on the defensive line. I'm not saying they're a better overall football team, but that defensive line of Washington is scary. So I think the Eagles offensive line, even though it is still banged up, should have a better day. I think Carson Wentz... Aaron Donald? I think... Aaron Donald's the best at what he does, but I do, I think, no, I think the overall Washington D-line, like, Washington doesn't have one player who's better than Donald. I I agree with you there, I'm just saying, to presume, I think the Eagles, the Eagles offense line is still going to have a very tough time. I think, but I'm thinking they should be better than last week, and also, I think Carson Wentz realizes the mistakes he made, and then, throughout this week, it will be a point of emphasis get the ball out early, get the ball out on time, have that internal clock in your head that you need as a quarterback, especially with Aaron Donald on the side. So I think Carson Wentz, he's a smart quarterback. He, I think he's going to make the necessary adjustments when facing the Rams. I like the Philadelphia Eagles. So now let's go to a couple teams coming off, a couple losses, the Atlanta Falcons who... I thought would upset the Seahawks. I was kind of 50-50. I thought, why not pick the Falcons? I was obviously wrong. I didn't, I'm not surprised by Russell Wilson's performance. I was, I was, I guess, more surprised by the Seattle defense's performance until late in the game where Atlanta kind of scored in garbage time. Facing the Dallas Cowboys, who, they had the game in Gallup's arms. But apparently Gallup, you know, he, he pushed off a little. I thought they were more arm fighting. That's another topic for another day. I think this will be a really competitive, good game. Two of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Not, you know, great or in that kind of first or maybe even second tier. But Ryan and Dak, I think, are really some of the better quarterbacks. And I think this has the potential for a shootout. Yeah, I think it will be a definitely a high-scoring game here. But give me the Cowboys. I haven't seen... The Cowboys show that they can compete with a very solid um, LA Rams team. I think when Dak Prescott plays up to level of competition like he did um, against the LA Rams, finding Gallup in the game and really... I don't think he did. I don't know if he did play up to the level of competition in that game. Now, the throw to Gallup that ended up getting you know overturned because of the P pass interference call, I thought that was a great play by Dak. But I think overall, 
I think Dak can play better than he did against the Rams. I mean, he can, can play better, but I think against... Uh, he can play worse. He wasn't terrible. Like, right. he's played worse before. Like, Carson Wentz played worse than Dak Prescott last week. But at the same time, I thought Dak could really, you know, against... And I know the Rams have Ramsey, but, uh, you know, with the trio Dallas has, I don't know, I thought Coop, or not Cooper, um, but I thought Dak could have really had a very good game with guys like Cooper and Gallup, obviously, and C.D. Lamb. I'll go with Dallas here, but it's really close. Something I did think I saw, I thought I saw that Amari Cooper may have popped up on the injury report. I could be mistaken. So, I still expect Cooper to play. Both secondaries need work, though. I mean, both secondaries, I think, are going to struggle, which is kind of why I think it's going to be such a high-scoring uh, game here. But I think at the end of the day, I think I really like Zeke uh, for the Cowboys. I think he could he could have a big day. I think both defenses are going to have a hard time stopping whatever each offense throws at their way. So, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with Dallas. But if Atlanta, if Atlanta wins this game... That's no surprise. Yeah, at the end of the day, Alex, this game is going to come down to who makes the necessary stops at the end of the game. And I th- I'm picking Dallas to do that because I think their defense is overall better. Yes, they have some struggles in the secondary. Well, Van Der Esch is out a while with the, collar, with the broken collarbone, which I think will be costly. I think maybe not as much this week, but he, he's going to be out for what looks like six to eight weeks and possibly even more depending on how the collarbone heals. Yeah, but I, I, I still I still think that the Cowboys have a, a very solid uh, defensive line. Alden Smith looked fantastic. He's, he looked like the guy who, you know, and kind of Chris Collins was, was kind of talking about it. When he came out of college, I mean, he dominated with the Niners. He was like this, you know, the next great pass rusher. And obviously, he had some off-the-field troubles that hopefully he's gotten taken care of. But, I mean, he looked great. And, you know, to pair him with Demarcus Lawrence is really a scary combo. You have Everson Griffin as well. He's a very good linebacker. Um, and, I, and I think they have some some struggles there. But this is, a, this is not a secondary that's – it's still a talented secondary. They're, they drafted Trayvon Diggs, who's obviously going to be big for them. And Peter Woods, I believe, is still there. Yes. yes. And I, I, they're, they're well-coached in the back end, even if sometime doesn't show. But I, I do expect Dallas make necessary stops to win this game. It might come down to whoever has the ball last and a chance to kick a game-winning field goal. Let's now go to the Carolina Panthers against the Tom Brady Buccaneers. Brady threw two picks! Now, of course, people are going to start panicking, saying, what's wrong with Brady? The Saints are a very good team, and I think we... We, myself, I think, Shai, you may have as well, and just as fans, underestimated the importance of chemistry. I knew that it could have been a slight problem, but I thought this team is too good for it to really interfere with their ability to score at will. I also think this Saints defense played really well, and obviously the team that had all that chemistry, that had been together for a while... May you know show that that matters, and Tampa obviously really struggling after that kind of first drive where they kind of went down the field and Brady snuck one in for the touchdown. I'm going with the Buccaneers. I I think the Panthers 
they lost to Vegas last week. It's still, it's still weird saying Vegas. Um, but uh, they were competitive. They put up a lot of points, which I don't know if many people expected. You know, people thought that, you know, this offense, you know, how it run with Bridgewater. It looked really good, but that defense, they used every draft pick they had on defense. And we kind of saw why it really struggled. Evans should be healthier. I think Godwin, I don't know if Godwin practiced today. And uh, I don't, so that might be something to monitor, although I don't know how serious it is because I didn't really see anything beforehand. And again, Tom Brady is the quarterback, and I think sooner or later he will get it figured out. Devin White looked like the fifth overall pick that he was taken last year. I mean, he looked tremendous. Jason Pierre-Paul looked great. So some of these guys who, you know, maybe people forgot about on that Bucks defense also looked really good against the Saints. So I like the Buccaneers uh, getting their first win in the Tom Brady era against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, let's not overthink this. This is still an extremely talented team. You mentioned they have do have some guys that can really ball the defensive end. And I think this is going to be a more competitive game than people think. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I think that Carolina offense can put up points. And I think against a secondary that's not great in the Buccaneers, they'll have a little bit of an opportunity to do so. But I, I don't expect them to be like super in that realm. I think it'll maybe be a 7-10 to 10 point game. But I, I do like the Buccaneers here. Yes. So let's now move on to the 49ers taking on the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. The Jets lost Le'Veon. Their entire offense is basically Jameson Crowder, who he didn't practice today because of an injury. So we'll see what his availability is come game time. They just haven't surrounded Sam Darnold with good pieces. I mean, Darnold obviously has underperformed. But that offense under Adam Gase doesn't look good. Le'Veon Bell has been a major disappointment. As I said, their only capable receiver is Jameson Crowder. And that offensive line, which they invested heavily in, hasn't looked great. So, I, Darnold has to play better. But the entire Jets offense looks just does not look good. It looks just out of sync. And as I, and as I predicted last week, the Bills kind of crushed the Jets. But the score made it seem like it was closer, exactly how as I predicted. The Niners should, no matter who plays for the Niners, you know, Kittle might not play. If Kittle doesn't play, Debo Samuel obviously is out. I think Ayuk might still be out. If the Niners are running with Raheem Mostert as their number one receiver, I think they'll still win this game. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think the Jets might be the worst team in football right now. Um... I mean, you, you mentioned offensively, it's a mess. Defensively, it ain't much better. I mean, a defensive line can stop the run on occasion, but I, I don't think it's, it's, it's any mass for Kyle Shanahan's running game. And I, I expect the, the Niners just keep this one on the ground and get an easy victory here. Not much else to say. So let's move on now to, the, to your Pittsburgh Steelers facing on the Denver Broncos. Sutton and Hamler didn't play last week, and yet Denver still nearly squeaked out a win against the Titans. Games in Pittsburgh, and look, I like Drew Locke. I think he has the potential to be a really good quarterback. But as I was saying, the Steelers' defense is the best in the NFL, and I expect it. That and I expect them to create problems for that Broncos' young offense. 
yeah, nothing uh, pleases the Pittsburgh Steelers more than seeing back-to-back young quarterbacks on their schedule to open the season. With Uh, questions on the offensive line. Yes. Um, This Pittsburgh defense um, was was very sensational. I thought they could have been better in the secondary, but they they completely neutralized Saquon Barkley. Ben Roethlisberger rushed for more yards than Saquon Barkley in that game. I I think this this again I agree with you. I'm a Steelers fan, but Alex obviously supporting me here. I'm not super biased. I don't think I I this is in Heinz Field. I expect the Steelers offense to come out without that j- sort of jittery Ben Roethlisberger and come out comfortable and really just start to give it to the Broncos. I I'm not expecting a competitive game here. Yeah, even if the Steelers come out a little slow like they did against the Giants, I still I still expect it to be maybe maybe it'll be a little close and then eventually the Steelers will pull ahead. So I expect the Steelers defense to really take it to the Broncos and with no AJ Boye, expect a big game for Juju Smith Schuster. Now let's go to Minshew Mania. The Jacksonville Jaguars are one and taking on division rival the Titans. Can the Jaguars start the year 2-0 and 2-0 against their own division? No. Buzzkill? No. kills the, no. the uh, <laughs> vibe there, Alex. But, look, this Titans team, yeah, they they pulled out a close one. But let's let's look at it a little closer. Guskowski missed, was it three field goals, Alex? I want to say he missed four total kicks. Four total kicks. Okay, like, that that's... That, that's, a, that's around nine points. I believe three of those were field goals since everything gets ten points there. This is a Titans team that played better than the Broncos. Um, they're a better team. and I, I will say, I, I actually got an alert. I haven't really had time to read it, but it looks like A.J. Brown might be missing time. I don't know if he's going to miss. Corey Davis did look really good, though. I mean, Corey Davis... Maybe he's not that fifth overall pick like we were all pegging him out to be when he was taken at that spot. But Corey Davis showed signs of being at least potentially a number one receiver in a run-first offense, which kind of fits what the Titans are. Yeah, speaking of that run-first offense, Alex, Marlon Mack was having himself a day before before in that first quarter, I believe, when he got taken out and carved off the field. I expect Derrick Henry... To run straight through that young and experienced Jacksonville defensive line, I, I just give me the Titans all day. Don't sleep on them. I really like this team. It's re- I think this is actually be a really competitive game, mainly because the Titans don't really blow teams out. I know they, of course, blew Baltimore out really in the playoffs and uh, in the divisional round. So I actually expect this to be a close game and competitive game. And who knows with Minshew and you know. Maybe he can pull out another great division win. But I, I'm still going to go with the Tennessee Titans. I think they're going to ride Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill is just so good off play action. I think this will be a competitive game. I think it will actually be a fairly close game. But in the end, I have the Tennessee Titans advancing to 2-0 in their division. Or 2-0 overall, winning their first division game and then leading their division ultimately. So let's go to now another division matchup. The Detroit Lions 
poor Matthew Stafford. I, I mean, is there is there anything Matthew Stafford needs? He can't do anything more. I mean, I you know, I was I actually wasn't well, watching. Well, he's a pick in a pivotal moment against the Chicago Bears. But, yeah, I mean, look, he didn't look, he wasn't great. He could have obviously played better. But in the end, he gave you a chance to win, which is what you asked for. And I mean, he would have won that game had Swift not dropped that ball. Exactly. Saying, let's remember that he did throw that interception. No, that Stafford did not play up to what I thought he could have in that game or just overall. He's better than what he showed. At the same time, as a, as a coach or a team, you want, at the end of the day, is my quarterback going to give me a chance to win? And that's exactly what Stafford did. And with the you know with them down one score, he led them all the way down the field, threw a strike to DeAndre Swift, perfectly thrown ball, hit him really right in the hands, which were level to his chest, and it was a play that just didn't it just slipped through his hands. That so that was is it? I know Stafford again, not his best game. But then the Lions also blew, what, a 23-6 to lead, as we kind of alluded to earlier when talking about the Bears. At some point, at some point you just got to feel bad for him. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't think Stafford's going to have his best game, as they are taking on the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers looks like the Aaron Rodgers when he was throwing touchdowns left and right from every arm angle you could imagine. He is a bad man, Alex. Smith always likes to say, and I, I think although he showed that he doesn't need number two receiver to light it up, you know. I think Alan Lazard actually can really step into that role. I think he showed signs last year. Look, he's not going to be this elite number two, maybe like Calvin Ridley or the duo in Tampa, whoever wanted, whoever you want to rank two in Tampa is easily really a number one. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, like, Alan Lazard, or really uh, Marquez Valdez-Gamley, they're never going to be an elite number two. And probably they're never even going to be this great number two, or maybe even a good number two. But I think they can be really solid receivers, where they're kind of in between maybe that great three and decent two range. So I actually... A receiver than Jordan Love will ever be. <laughs> that, that, is, that is true. That is true, but... Obviously, Adams, you know, can make up for some of that with him being probably a top five receiver in the game. So I do think the Packers have pass catchers. Obviously, you know, Devin Funch has opted out. This game's in Green Bay where Detroit has not played well over the years, even though they did almost win last year there. I expect Green Bay to kind of dominate here. (laughs) This is a blowout. Enough said. Okay, so let's go now to the Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Buffalo, I'm really taking it to the Jets. Again, the score may not have said everything, but if you were watching or even if you're just reading or watching highlights, the Bills really had their way with anything they ran. And I expect that to kind of continue here. Ryan Fitzpatrick having a having a tough day against uh, New England. Fitzpatrick facing, I feel like, one of his many, many, many former teams here in Buffalo. But at the end of the day, Josh Allen looked really, really crisp. And I know it's against a Jets defense that's very suspect. But Josh Allen, 
I feel like if he can play like he did a couple weeks, or not a couple weeks ago, last week against the Jets, the Bills can maybe go deeper than we initially expected come January. Yeah, that's what I was talking about in the last podcast. I want to see him really make those strides. He showed that. Um, I I really do think the Bills are going to, again, come out here and dominate this game. I, I really got to wonder, though, for the Dolphins, when are we going to see Tua? When Ryan it's Fitzpatrick one game. Really? It's one game. No, look, Ryan Fitzpatrick obviously is not the future, but you don't want to, you know, throw your quarterback in this early. You know, they want to... Tua, I'm excited to see him as much as anyone. But, I mean, let Tua get some experience and learn. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a great player to learn behind. Get him some of that learning experience. I think it could really help to a. Because again, I know it's I know it's a different. One second. I know it's a different situation, but a big reason why I believe Patrick Mahomes. Happy birthday, by the way, to Patrick Mahomes. A big reason why he's as good as he is so soon is because they sent him a whole year. I'm not saying the Dolphins have to do that with Tua, but it does benefit the young quarterback when he gets to sit behind a veteran who's kind of been there, done that, with all different situations. So one game, let's Alex, let's revisit this in about four or five weeks. All right, I'm just going to say Alex Smith is a consistent guy who's really gotten it done and, and been competitive games, gone to the playoffs, etc. Ryan Fitzpatrick has, you know, he's done some things, but recently... He hasn't exactly been the model quarterback. So no, but I, look, I, Fitzpatrick, he, Smith obviously is also an ideal guy, but I'm saying, like, Fitzpatrick, a guy who, he's been in this league for who knows how long, he's been in a lot of different situations, some tougher than others, like, I feel like learning from Ryan Fitzpatrick can really benefit Tua when it's all said and done. But, uh, we're both going with Buffalo here. I don't think Josh Allen. If I'm the Bills, my only I guess my only problem or not problem but concern is I don't want Josh Allen throwing the ball 46 times a game. So, okay, let's now go to the Vikings taking on the Colts. Both secondaries kind of struggled, especially the Colts as the game went on against Jacksonville, Minnesota. Their cornerbacks look terrible. I know they're rookies and it was their first game facing Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers. But their cornerbacks need a lot to work on. With all that said, I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. But isn't Mike Zimmer supposed to elevate their play? I thought he would. I thought maybe not week one. I think they'll get better from now. Ne- I think they'll get better as the season goes on. And also, it's an, it's always a tall task when you have to face Aaron Rodgers week as your first matchup in the NFL. Hey, we both picked the Vikings last week. Um... But this 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 tie, I, I do definitely agree that he improvement. But um, I'm gonna go with the Vikings again. I really do think this defensive line can against a a, a, not, a lesser team can can make some. Uh, Colts O line's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I I think I think the Vikings with their safeties could get some turnovers and Kirk Cousins. I think a lot of his you know a lot of his stats may have come in garbage time but i think Kirk Cousins could have a big day against this Colts secondary or maybe we have an Xavier Red Rhodes revenge game who knows <laughs> i don't think so so let's now start with the afternoon slate of games the 1 and 0 Washington football team faces the Arizona Cardinals 
Kyler Murray looking like a legitimate MVP candidate with his performance against last year's NFC champion Niners. I'm going with the Cardinals. Kyler looked really good. I think his ability to kind of escape the pocket and make plays with his legs could hurt that Washington D-line. I think that D-line will have a good game. But, you know, Wentz is mobile, but he hasn't been as mobile, especially since that torn ACL. And he really probably never was as mobile as we've seen from Kyler Murray. So I, I, I really like the Cardinals. I think Hopkins could have another big day, as he did 14 catches for 151 last week. I'm going with the Cardinals. I think they start 2-0. Yeah, I agree, Alex. I think if you said this, this is a, this is a week one matchup, and then and you picked the Washington football team. Fair, fair. That's a fair upset to pick. But now you see what they did to of maybe the best defensive line of football, the Forty ers and you can't you can't go and really pick against them now because if the Washington football team wins, it's going to be on the back of that defensive line. And if Kyler Murray is able to do those things. I don't think the Washington football team stands a chance. Rumbert is a very good head coach, but I just don't think they can pull it out, especially because I think Hopkins could cause problems for that secondary. Now let's go to the Baltimore Ravens facing the Houston Texans. I remember this was so highly anticipated, so exciting game last year, and then Baltimore blew him out. Now Houston doesn't have Hopkins. I don't know if it'll be a blowout, but it might be. I like the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson and him, you know, running all over the field. You know, Mark Andrews looked great. I I just like the Ravens, and I think this Texans team, we still don't really know their identity. I I know their identity, and it's going to be to go 0-2 to start the season. Uh, I mean, poor Deshaun Watson. I just, I I think that he needs to get some offensive line help, even with... You know, having Laramie Tunsil, and I just don't think they're they're really on the same level. I think there's gonna be a blowout. I think we're gonna see a similar type of thing here. I I, I just don't know what else to say except for I I I, I feel you, Deshaun. I, I'm hoping that you can uh, pull something together to start this season or to kind of go in after this season because I really do think they're gonna be a solid team, but they need to fix some things and. I'm hoping they can, I hope for Deshaun Watson's case, but they can uh, do that. So, let's now go to the Kansas City Chiefs against the Chargers. Mahomes kind of facing the Chargers. Remember, his first, his second career start, but it was really that his breakout game was against the Chargers. Now it's the Chargers' turn for their first game at the beautiful, beautiful SoFi Stadium. I mean, that stadium looks spectacular. Uh, when they for the Rams when they were playing Dallas, I mean, I was thinking when this whole quarantine is over and hopefully we're past the pandemic, that's gonna be a stadium that's really gonna be right at the top of my bucket list. Yeah, I mean that it really looked beautiful, um, and you know maybe that will draw some attention to Chargers games. I mean. Well, I mean, Ram. I feel like Rams games will be so packed and so expensive, so people will just go to Chargers games. <laughs> true, true, true. No, I. You know what didn't look beautiful? What? The Chargers' performance against a eh, questionable Cincinnati Bengals, especially the Chargers' offense. I thought that offense could be solid. I thought Terod Taylor could be, you know, a decent quarterback. Doesn't turn the ball over. 
but just 13 points. And the Chiefs defense might not is probably better. I really like, as I said, I really like Chris Jones and D Ford. Mahomes, he could hang a crooked number on any defense. I really like the Chargers defense, but again, Derwin James, who's going to be out for, I believe, the whole year. The, the Chiefs should start 2-0, and I think it would be a surprise if this game is close. I don't know. It's just so hard to pick against Mahomes, and I'm not going to do it. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully the Chiefs will play a competitive game soon. They do have, I believe, Baltimore Week Three, so that that'll be a That's very a game I'm looking forward to, and that could be one of the few losses on that record when it's all said and done for either team. For either team, yes. So now let's go to the Sunday night game: the New England Patriots, one and zero in the Cam Newton era, facing Mister Unlimited Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. I expect, as I said, I miss. I thought Seattle might come out of the gate slow. They proved me wrong. I was not surprised though by Russell Wilson's performance. Thirty-one to thirty-five, I believe, three hundred twenty-two passing yards and four touchdowns. I know Gardner Minshew had his nineteen for twenty with three touchdowns, but Gardner Minshew again twenty passes compared to thirty-five. Minshew was great. Russell Wilson, I mean, it's tough to get any better than what he showed. And I don't have enough words to describe how underrated Russell Wilson is. Bill Belichick said it himself. Bill Belichick in a press conference earlier today said that he just believes Russell Wilson is underrated among fans and media. And he did say that there's no player better than him. Now, obviously, we can talk about Mahomes and all that. And I guess, yeah, some of that might be a little exaggerated for, you know, no bulletin board. You know, they don't want to give him any bulletin board material. But I think only a little bit of that is actual opposing coach speak. Because Russell Wilson is continuously underrated. And if he's not a top two quarterback in your mind, I I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I was having a conversation with a friend a couple days ago. And he was talking about Lamar Jackson, the second best quarterback in the NFL. And I told him, to me, there's not much of a... The gap, for me, is exaggerated between Wilson and Mahomes. I don't think Wilson's far behind at all, frankly. I still put Mahomes one because I feel like he can do things on a field that nobody else can do. I agree. I agree with that. But I I think even from a consistency basis, like you may even have to give the edge to Wilson there given his career and how he's performing. He's never had a losing record, which is insane. I know know someone will say, well, Mahomes hasn't either. Wilson's played for like eight years now, nine years. So what Wilson has done in terms of a consistency is truly amazing. The Seahawks have a pretty good team. Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams was everywhere. You know, I thought there were five of him. I I thought the Seahawks just had a whole team named Adams wearing 33 at one point. I mean, he was making plays left and right, saving touchdowns with incredible tackles. No, I felt like every tackle that was a play to be made, he made it. I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. I think they're going to beat the New England Patriots. But look, normally you might pick, when you look at the talent and you know you look at Russell Wilson, you might pick this to be a blowout. I'm not going to do that because, well, Bill Belichick's on one side of the field and it's not Russell Wilson's side. So I do think this will be a competitive game, close game, uh, at CenturyLink in Seattle. 
But I'm going with Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited, as he like as he is sometimes referred to. Yeah, I mean, I got a. I think it's gonna be a competitive game, and I think this New England secondary is not gonna make it easy for him by any means. But I do have to go with Mr. Unlimited, as you keep saying. Uh, look, this Seattle team is just. They're a legitimate Super Bowl contender, and right now, you can make the case they're the best team in the NFC. Yeah. I, I know it's one week, and obviously we're going to have overreactions, but after seeing what they did, and I know it was to a suspect Falcon secondary and everything, but after seeing them really just dominate Atlanta, if you want to say Atlanta, or sorry, not Atlanta, Seattle is the is the best team in the NFC, and possibly even better than Baltimore, and I know, you know, overreactions and everything, so maybe not yet, but if you want to, I mean, they're right up there with Baltimore, probably as the second or third best team in all of football. I agree. They're my Super Bowl pick. Ever since they had Jamal Adams, I said, I said it, I think that they're my, they're my Super Bowl pick in the NFC. I liked them before they got Adams, actually. Well, then. I liked them even more. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just when I said, and I was arguing a little bit about who won this trade between Seattle and... In New York, and I, I thought this was kind of split even, but I really liked it for Seattle to get that guy, that playmaker, the secondary. Um, and, and he's just going to be everywhere. He's so versatile, and we, he showed that against a good Falcons offense. My one concern is both Julio and, and Calvin Ridley did have big games. They did have big games, and I know maybe a lot of it wasn't garbage time, but it it's just what it is. And I'm not saying, you know, the Patriots don't have a guy like Julio or even a guy like Ridley. But I think they might, they're might they going to need to shut down a top receiver at some point this season. And they didn't show they can do that so far against Atlanta. So that does, if we're kind of nitpicking here, that does concern me moving forward for Seattle. But as I said, there's really not much negatives you can bring up. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Should be a great Sunday nighter to end a full slate of Sunday games. But there's one more Monday night game. The New Orleans Saints, for the first time, are traveling to not Oakland, but Las Vegas to face the Las Vegas Raiders. I like the Saints, although the Ra- the Raiders show they can score points. Again, not a great Panthers defense, but they really show that they can score points. I still like the Saints team. We saw that defense really showed up against a good Buccaneers offense. If that defense can play anywhere close to what it played against Tampa, we could have Seattle New Orleans would be a very good NFC conference game or conference title game. I'll leave it. I'll I'll just say that. You know, I think this game is going to be close. I really do. I think it's going to be competitive. And I think no Michael should, Thomas for the Saints. No that Michael that could be key. Although he really was not much of a factor, unfortunately, for my fantasy team <laughs> and, uh, in that week one. And I'm losing him, you know, for for extended period of time. He's really killing me. Yeah. Anyway, it's almost uh, like, an, imagine if another team was going through that, but not fan. Oh, wait, there is. It's called the New Orleans Saints. No, exactly. it'll be a costly injury but i like emmanuel sanders jared cook had a big game so i still think they have enough talent on this offense and again the defense looked really sharp i really i've sean payton i feel like he'll as a play caller will be able to do enough 
and maybe even more than enough to make up for Michael Thomas's absence, at least in the short term, and against, again, a Raiders secondary that still has some holes and question marks. So that's it for the Week 2 slate. Before we wrap it up, Shai, do you have any kind of final thoughts on any of the games, any kind of game-within-the-game matchup, receiver-cornerback matchup, I don't know, O-line, D-line matchup, anything that you're really looking forward to? I'm looking forward to Russell Wilson against the New England secondary. I think from... I'm I'm going to be looking forward to Russell Wilson every week. I mean, I've been... I've been pulling the Russell Wilson horn now for over a year, and finally some people are starting to, you know, kind of jump on the Russell Wilson bandwagon, but he's always been this good. People are finally starting to realize it. I'm going to go to my Giants, and former Giants running back Tiki Barber called said Barkley's not an every-down running back, and it was because of his lack of pass blocking, and nothing to do with the running, nothing to do with the receiving. It was purely on pass blocking, and he was right. You know, I know a lot of Giants fans might not like what Tiki says, and he's been very critical of certain things, specifically Eli in the past, but he's 100% right. Saquon has to get better at pass blocking. If he's not better in pass protection, I want Deion Lewis in there. Because, you know, Deion Lewis, yes, he's kind of, you know, he's smaller than Saquon, but he's shown that he can be a capable pass blocker, and obviously he's also a very good pass catching running back. So Saquon, if he wants to continue to be on the field, every single play has to perfect or not even perfect just get better and show massive improvement in that area one last thing on my giants i thought andrew thomas actually played a pretty good game against the steelers especially given you know they were facing bud dupree tj watt i thought andrew thomas kind of held his own obviously he could be he could play better he's gonna have another huge test against khalil mack and probably robert quinn so that's all the time we have on the week two preview of Game Time Podcast. I'm just so excited. We have a full, another full slate of games. Cross our fingers as these COVID numbers are coming in. Apparently a fan at the Chiefs-Texans game got it. And some like clubhouse employee who wasn't around the team, I believe, for the Chiefs got it. But overall, from the Chiefs-Texans game, players and the coaching staff were clean. So kind of cross your fingers that we continue to see that throughout the year. For your hosts, I'm Alex Rubinson. I'm Shai Dweck. We'll see you next time on Game Time Podcast.